It is Saturday, the 20th of May, and uh, welcome to the crossroad. My name is Tepo Mafata, and today I want us to sort of again continue with the theme we've been actually looking at. Um, what theme you may ask? Well, the theme that we've been looking at is God's sovereignty in salvation. We saw that in John 6, uh, the Gospel of John 6, chapter 6, uh, the Gospel of John chapter chapter 10, and in Ephesians chapter 1, that God has chosen a group of people before the foundation of the world. And he decided, based on his own counsel, not based on what these people have done, because these people did not even exist. He decided that these people will eventually be holy and blameless before him in Christ. In other words, through Christ, this group of people that he has chosen before the foundation of the world will be holy and blameless in Christ before him. And not only that, but also these people, will be, he predestined them to be adopted as sons and daughters of, 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 of God. And now, we saw then in chapter 10 and in chapter 6 that it is God who then draws at the right time these people throughout time, and he draws them to Jesus Christ, gives them to Jesus Christ, and once Jesus Christ has received them, he dies for them, and through his death, gives them eternal life. And Jesus says he will raise them on the last day. Now, this group of people are called the elect, the chosen. Now, the chosen, as we saw, the chosen are the group of people that God has chosen before time began, before the foundation of the world, to be holy and blameless. He predestined them to be adopted as the children of God, the sons and daughters of God. He draws them at the right time. He gives them to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ gives them eternal life and raises them on the last day. Now, there are people that obviously do not believe this doctrine of election. They do not believe that God has chosen certain people. Uh, uh, and it is only those people that Jesus Christ will give eternal life to. And they say it is actually the choice of a person whether they want to believe or they don't want to believe. So today, I want us to look at Romans 9. And because of the length of Romans 9, we might have to break it up into a couple of uh, sermons. Uh, today, I think we might squeeze in uh, verses 1 to 13. And then and, and we'll do the other uh, parts as, as, as we continue. Maybe at the end it will be three, four, four sermons in Romans 9. But in Romans 9, Paul is going to defend this position. The position that God has the right to actually choose uh, uh, certain people over others for, for, for the purpose of his, of his elections. Now, you will see when we start going through uh, Romans 9 that Paul is actually answering this question. The question is implied in, in, in the text. It's not actually in the text, but it's implied. Um, 
someone someone uh, must have or someone according to Paul could have asked this question Paul we hear that you say that salvation is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone but if Jesus Christ comes from the Jews and why did they reject him why should we accept Jesus Christ if the Jews themselves have rejected him crucified him why should we do that and whilst Paul is answering that that the theme that comes out of Romans 9 it's God's sovereignty in salvation God's right to choose who will be saved and to allow others not to be saved to allow others to, to, to reach their logical uh, end which is which is because of their sin and which is which is hell now Paul goes through a couple of quotations from the Old Testament and he he, he he shows how those quotations that he has quoted from the Old Testament applies. And there are people that even disagree with Paul's application of, of, of some of these uh, some of these quotes. But let's get on to it without any waste of time. There we go. Let's start. Well, this is Romans chapter 9. I'm using the ESV. Let's this is the word of God. Let's see what God is telling us in this chapter Paul says I am speaking the truth in Christ in other words I am speaking the truth with Christ as a witness or with Christ as a guidance I am speaking the truth so Paul is simply saying listen what I'm about to say now is the truth and Christ is my witness I am not lying my conscience bears with witness in the Holy Spirit. So two things here Paul uses to say, first of all, I am speaking the truth. And for that, Christ is my witness. I am not lying. And for that, my conscience bears witness in me in the Holy Spirit. In other words, my conscience that is guided by the Holy Spirit also bears witness that I am not lying. Now, it is very important that we understand why Paul says my conscience in the Holy Spirit. It is because a conscience that is not guided by the Holy Spirit can have a wrong understanding of what is morally right and what is morally wrong. But if a conscience is guided by the Holy Spirit, it will definitely have the right definition, the right understanding of what morality is. So Paul is saying, with Christ as my witness, I am speaking the truth. And with my conscience that is guided by the Holy Spirit, I am not lying. In verse 2, that I have great sorrow. So in other words, I am speaking the truth and I am not lying. That I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. Paul says, I am speaking the truth and I am not lying. I have great sorrow, great grief, and unceasing anguish, unceasing pain in my heart. Why? Why do you have this, Paul? He says, 
for I could wish that I myself were accursed, that is, and cut off from cursed for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen according to the flesh. Paul is not lying, he says, and he says he's telling the truth, that he has great sorrow and unending pain in his heart. Why? Because he wishes that he himself was accursed, condemned. And he defines accursed for us. He says this accursed means being cut off from Christ. He wishes that he was cut off from Christ for the sake of his brothers. And his kinsmen, kinsmen meaning his fellow citizens, his, his, his fellow countrymen, according to the flesh, those that he has grown up, those that he forms part of. And we will see here in verse 4 that he's speaking of Israelites. So Paul says, I wish that I myself were cut off from Christ for the sake of my Israel brothers, for the sake of my fellow Israel countrymen. This is what is causing Paul great sorrow and unceasing anguish. He is telling the truth and he is not lying that he's got this grief, he's got this great sorrow, he's got this unceasing pain or anguish in his heart because he wishes that he himself, instead of his brothers, was cut off from curse. What does this mean? This means at this point, his brothers were actually cut off from curse. It means he's saying that the Israelites, as a nation, were cut off from Christ. And he wishes that instead it was him that was cut off. And this being cut off is causing him great sorrow and unceasing pain. He did not wish that the Israelites at this point, when he's writing Roman, uh, uh, this passage, that they would not actually be cut off. But instead, they are cut off and not him. And that causes him great sorrow and unceasing pain. That's why he wishes that instead of them being cut off, that it was him who is uh, cut off. And then he comes to verse 4, he says, They are Israelites, these brothers of him, these kinsmen, fellow citizens. And to them belong adoptions of the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship and the promises, to them belong the patriarchs, in other words, the forefathers, Abraham and those, Jacob and those, and from their race, according to the flesh, is Christ, who is God over all, blessed forever. Amen. This is what his fellow brothers, the Israelites, the Jews, have. These are the promises that, that God has made to them and through them. And not only that, he, from them, it, 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 it is where Christ, the Messiah, who is God all, uh, over all, comes from. So these Israelites, to them belongs all the, the adoption of the glory, the covenants that God uh, made. He gave them the law. He gave them how to worship Him. He made promises to them. And, and, and from them, Christ came. These are the very same people that he's talking about. 
So now he describes that this is what his brothers, Israel, have. Now, bear in mind, he just said that these Israelites, these Jews, have been cut off. And he wishes that he was cut off. And these Jews, these Israelites that have been cut off, have got all of these things that he's talking about here in verses 4 and 5. Now, if all these promises have been made to them, if all these covenants are for them, if they have the law, even Christ comes from them, it means that the, all these promises, all these covenants, all these uh, promises that God made to them were of no vain. They have failed because they have been cut off. And that is exactly what Paul is saying here in verse 6. Because they have been cut off, it is not as though the word of God has failed. The word of God has not failed simply because Israel, whom to them all of these promises have been given, have been cut off. That does not mean that the word of God, when he made these promises to them, failed. The fact that Israel has been cut off while having been promised all of this, it does not mean that the word of God has failed. It is very important that you understand these first six and a half verses. Because they said, especially verse 6, they set a scene for everything else from verse 6b onwards that Paul is going to be talking about. So, let's just go through it, just to make sure that you understand. Paul is saying that he is telling the truth and that he is not lying when he says that he's got great sorrow and unceasing pain in his heart. He is telling the truth and he's not lying when he says that he wishes that instead of Israel being cut off, that he wishes that he was the one who is cut off. And he has explained that being cut off is being cut off from Christ. And being cut off from Christ means being cut off from salvation, being cut off from eternal life. That's what it means. So he wishes that Israel had not lost the eternal life has not lost the salvation that comes from Jesus Christ. But he wishes that he himself had actually been cut off for the sake of what, what he calls his brothers and his fellow countrymen, who are the Israelites, who to them, although they are cut off, although they have lost out on the salvation that is provided by being in Jesus Christ, they have been given the adoptions of the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, the promises. The, 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 to them belongs uh, the patriarchs, the forefathers. And from their race, Jesus Christ came. Although they have all of these things, they were still cut off. They were still cut off. But that cutting off from Christ does not mean that the word of God has failed. It does not mean that 
because God had made all these promises to them, and even Christ, Christ comes from them, the fact that they have been cut off nullifies God's promises. Paul says it does not mean that. So now, we have Israel that Paul tells us they have been cut off from Christ, although they have been given all these promises. And, and, and Paul says that does not mean that God's word has failed. Now, he, the, the, the logical question is why? Why do you say that the, the word of God has, has not failed? It should have failed. If God has made promises to Israel, and Israel is now cut off, that means the word of God has failed. Paul says, no. And now, he launches into a defense of why he says that the word of God has not failed because Israel has been cut off. He says, here in verses 6b, the reason is why I say that the word of God has not failed is for not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel. Now you say, wait a minute, what does this mean? It means not all those who are Israel citizens, who are Israel by virtue of being citizens of Israel or born in the Israel nation or part of the Israel nation, belong to Israel. Now, which Israel is this? This is spiritual Israel as you will see now. Secondly, he says, and not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring. So, not only are not all those who are part of Israel belonging to Israel. Secondly, not all who are children of Abraham simply because they were born of him. Hmm? But through Isaac shall your offspring be named. Paul, what do you mean? This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as offsprings. Now, Paul tells us that this Israel that he's talking about, he's talking about the children of God, the spiritual Israel. So now we can go back to verse 6 and say, Paul is saying, not all who are descended from Israel, simply because they have been born Israelites, belong to the spiritual Israel, or are children of God. Because not even those that were born of Abraham are actually the children of the, uh, his children. But only through Isaac shall the offspring that was promised Abraham be named. What does this mean? This means that only the children of Abraham that were born through Isaac, his son, Isaac, the son that was promised Abraham in his own age, only the children that come through Isaac are the children of God. Not any other children. 
only those that were descendants of Isaac. So, within Israel, God said, okay, fine. Here is Israel as a group. Within Israel, I am going to choose Abraham and from Abraham, it doesn't matter how many kids he has, I am going to choose Isaac. And only through Isaac will my children, the spiritual Israel, here called children of God, in 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 verse 8 are the only ones that I am going to accept as children of God because they are children of the promise not children of the flesh what does it mean by children of the flesh this is the children that came through Ishmael remember that Abraham also had a child called Ishmael with the servant of his wife Hagar the decision to have Ishmael was not made by God, but rather was made by Abraham and his wife. But God, when he made the promise, he said, no, it will not be through Ishmael, it will be through Isaac, which Sarah, your wife, will have, even at her age. So, not all Israel is part of what Paul here calls the children of God. Only those that are descended from Abraham through Isaac. So already here we are seeing that not all children of Israel form part of the children of God. It is only those that came through Isaac and who made that choice? It is God. Paul says in verse 9, For this is what the promise said, About this time next year I will return, and Sarah, not Ishmael, shall have a son. So now Paul has went and narrowed the children of Israel, and has divided them into two, into the children of God and the children of, 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 of the flesh. The children of the flesh are those that were descended from Abraham to Ishmael. And the children of God are those that descended from Abraham to Isaac. So now, not all descendant from Israel belong to Israel. I hope now it makes sense what Paul is trying to say here. The word of God has not failed because not every Israelite is actually belonging to the Israelite of God. Those that he calls the children of God. Now that's the first reason. The second reason he says, and not only so, now we are in verse 10, not only so. so in other words, not only the fact that it is only through Abraham and Isaac that the children of God will be born, but also when Rebekah, the wife of Isaac, the very same Isaac that Paul is talking about here on top, had conceived children by one man, Isaac, though they were not yet born, in other words, these children that Rebekah conceived, though they were not yet born and had done nothing either good or bad, 
in order that God's purpose of election might continue. Not because of works, but because of him who calls. She was told, the older will serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. Wow. This is a part in the Bible where those that do not want the doctrine of election goes. I wish this part was not in the Bible. They truly wish that this part was not in the Bible. Because Paul is saying, not only is the fact that the children of God are only those that, have, that are descendant from Abraham to Isaac, but even when Isaac himself had children, God chose Jacob and not Israel. God chose Jacob and not Israel. But when did this choice happen? This choice happened even before they were born. Even before they were born, God said, I am going to choose Jacob and Esau will serve him. <coughs> I'm going to choose, choose Jacob. And this was before they were born. And obviously, they had done nothing, whether good or bad. So it, was, it had nothing to do with either Jacob or Esau. Esau or Jacob being better than Israel. It had nothing to do with them. This choice made by God happened before they were born. Before they could do anything good or bad. And Paul tells us why did God do that? God made this choice so that God's purpose, plan of election, of choosing might continue. And continue not because of works, not because of anything done by those that are being chosen or not chosen, but because of Him who calls. That is the reason. The, the purpose of God choosing certain people and not choosing certain people is so that his plan of election, his purpose of election might continue not based on what those people have done but rather based on what he has decided. Now a lot of people feel and wish that this cannot mean that. And if it means that, they wish that it should be in the Bible. But here it is. We have, within Israel, God saying, only those that are descendant from Abraham to Isaac and through Jacob will be the children of God and no one else. No one else. So even if Esau had 10,000 children, they will not form part of those that have been chosen by God as his children. 
Remember what Paul is answering here. If Israel have rejected Jesus Christ, even with all these promises that God has given them, it does it not mean that God's word has failed? Paul is saying, no, it has not failed. Because it is not Israel, all of Israel, it is not every single Israelite who is going to be believing in Jesus Christ. It is not every Israelite who is going to form part of the children of God. It is by God's design that only those that come to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob will be part of the children of God. No one else. Those that came to Ishmael will not form part of this. Those that came to Esau will not form part of this. Only those that follow the line of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob will be the children of God. And these will not be cut off. These will believe. These will at the end of the day fulfill the promises that God has made. The promises that God has made were not made to all Israel but were only made to the descendant of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And those are the ones to whom these promises have been made and to those will not be cut off. They will not be cut off. And Paul says, the reason why God has chosen is because he wanted his purpose of election to continue, not based on what the people that he chooses do, but rather based on himself. Therefore, now Paul can say, do you see that the word of God has not failed? Because not all Israelites are part of the children of God, but only those that come from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And why Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? It is God who made their choice. Why did he make their choice? So that his purpose of election might continue not based on what Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob have done, but rather based on him who decides. So there is nothing that Jacob, Isaac, or Abraham can look back and say to God, I have done this, that's why you chose me. They've got nothing. Sarah could not even have children. Isaac came from God. It was God's promise that he made to Abraham and God fulfilled his promise. Isaac was born and his children, God chose Jacob. So it is God who makes choices not based on anything that any of these people that he chose do. He does this so that his purpose of election might continue. And Paul makes it clear that God's purpose of election of who will believe and who will not believe, it is based not on what those people but based on God. This is in line with John 6. This is in line with John 10. This is in line with the Ephesians 1. This is in line with the whole of Scripture. 
God has sovereign right to choose who believes. God has sovereign right to choose who will be saved. And he does this so that his purpose, not our purpose, his purpose of election might continue. And continue not based on what we do or not do, but rather based on him decides. Now, in a nutshell, we have Paul saying, he has great sorrow and anguishing pain, unceasing pain, and he wishes that instead of Israel being cut off from Christ, that he himself was cut off. And he gives us two verses full of all the promises that God has made to Israel. And he says that because Israel has been cut off, it does not mean that God's promises that he made to Israel have failed. Because it is not all who are born Israelite who is actually the children of God or what we call spiritual Israel. But it is only those within Israel that are descended from Abraham to Isaac and to Jacob. And Paul quotes the Old Testament throughout to prove his point. He quotes Genesis and so on, he quotes Malachi, and he proves using scripture, not using his own opinion on what he thinks. He quotes scripture and he takes that scripture and he applies it. Now since Paul is an apostle, his application of scripture is better than all of our applications. We need to take his application and believe it and accept it. And not go back to Malachi and say, but Malachi doesn't talk about this, so it can't mean that Paul says it means that. Now, unless you want to argue with Paul, you can go ahead. Paul says these scriptures that he has quoted from the Old Testament, this is what they mean. And he applies them here to show that God has only chosen from within Israel only the descendants that came from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob to be his children, the spiritual Israel on whom all the promises have been made. The rest of Israel, these promises do not apply to them. Those children that are descendants from Abraham, Ishmael, Esau, those people are not part of these promises. But only those that come from Abraham to Isaac and to Jacob. I hope this is now clear why Paul says the word of God has not failed. It has not failed. And it will not fail. And those that have been chosen to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, these promises belong to them. And they will not be cut off. They will eventually be fulfilled 
these promises. God will eventually fulfill the promises that he made to them. He will do that. They will not fail. But then the logical question in verse 14 is, what shall we say then? What shall we say then? Is there injustice on God's part? By no means. Why is Paul putting this? He's saying, he's anticipating a question like this. If God chooses certain people and not other people, and not even based on what they do or not do, is that not unfair? Is that not unfair? And Paul says, by no means, that is not unfair. And in verse 15 onwards, he explains why that is not unfair. And we'll do that in our next show. But for today, what we need to look at is only the chapters that we have done for the sake of time. And I've already summarized them. And I've already showed how Paul has defended God's promises to Israel by saying that these promises were not made all Israel, but rather to the selected few that were selected by God, and those are those that were that are descended from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob, and not everyone, not through Ishmael, and not through Israel. And the logical question is: Is God then unfair? And Paul says no, and he then launches into a defense of why. That is not unfair. Now, this morning, all I want you to see is that Paul has clearly understood John 6 and John 10 and the rest of the of, of, of the Old Testament to mean that God has the right to choose who gets saved. He's got the right to choose who gets saved. And that is very difficult for a lot of people to understand. They go as far as to want to change the meaning of Romans 9 that uh, is not talking about uh, uh, actual individual salvation, but it's talking about Israel and, and, and all of these things. But they fail to realize that the main issue here that Paul is answering is this, that his brothers... His fellow citizens, his fellow Israelites, have been cut off from Christ. Meaning, they do not have eternal life. Eternal life is not given to nations, it is given to individuals. And therefore, Paul is saying, the promises that have been made to Israel, the promises that have been made to Israel, were not made all of Israel, but rather were made those that God selected that, is, that come from Abraham to Isaac and to Jacob. And those are the people that God has made promises to. Is that unfair? Paul says no. And next time we will talk about this. Thank you very much for watching the 
that for watching the crossroad my name is Tempo Mafata again and I say please subscribe if these messages are important to you and benefit from them please share them and keep them to yourself thank you very much for watching and be blessed amen